Welcome back to another episode of the Mecca the Podcast. I'm Mark Williams. And to my immediate right, your left, I have uh, Thomas Davis to my immediate right. He's going to talk to you about what he does with um, Exodus program, uh, one of the premier New York City basketball programs, on uh, na- national programs, and Nike sponsored. And to my left, your right, I have uh, Joanne, Joanne Pinnock. <laughs> um, she's a head coach of Mary, the Mary Lewis uh, School here in New York City. I think I said that correct, right? Yeah, Mar- um, Mary Lewis Academy. Mary Lewis Academy. And she's actually one of the few programs in the high school level that has produced a couple of McDonald's All-Americans in the last couple of years, um, which is a tribute to her and her program. And we're here to discuss um, New York City basketball from the women's basketball perspective. Again, welcome, guys, to our program here in this Mecca podcast. Appreciate you guys. And today what we have is a little unique. Um, we have an AAU director and we have a high school basketball coach and we're basically gonna to try to solve, or at least bring some suggestions on why and how we can solve the, ba- the basketball problem here in New York City as it relates to the women's basketball program. Um, first and foremost, what's wrong with New York City basketball? <laughs> uh, let's, go, let's go to my line, uh, Joe. Uh, what's wrong with New York City basketball? Where so- do you begin? Where- um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that we actually are a solid city with a lot of talent. Um, we have young ladies that can play at all different levels. Um, I just think that as a um, group of well-educated, knowledgeable coaches, we need to be all on the same page. Mm-hmm. And we need to start collaborating and doing things within the city um, with our young ladies together. Um, as there, you know, is too many outside influences, different cities, different states coming into New York, and there's enough of us here to make it happen. Okay. Podcast over. No. Uh, (laughs) I think some of the same things she just said. I think that we have a lot of people that's in the New York City area that doesn't really understand the different levels and the dynamics of the players that we have here, the players Mm -hmm. that we house at home. Mm -hmm. I think that if, if more people took lesser roles and back seats in different environments that the kids would be better and the city would have a, a better showing overall. I think uh, you guys said a lot of good things. I'm going to pick up on some, some points that you guys uh, picked upon. Um, just for those that are unaware, we reached out to several other AAU programs and other high school coaches and due to their schedule conflict and um, their willingness, to, you know, not to necessarily be put on, um, on the stage at this particular time um, is just you, you guys, which is a good mix for us, again, um, because you guys are two of the most opinionated prog- um, program directors here in New York City, mm-hmm. and I think that most people value you guys' opinion. Um, you mentioned outsiders coming up to New York City. Um, New York City is considered the mecca of basketball by many. Um, by many. Why are we not in a position where we can control our own narrative here in New York City? Because we have maybe 60 to 70 AAU programs from the girl side. Um, why can't we not have certain things here in New York City that other people have in different cities? Um, I think, so when I started out, there was about six, about six major organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, Exodus, myself, uh, Liberty Bells, Silver Bullets, Gauchos, um, yeah. What's sad is that you can name those guys. Yeah, and um, uh, gazelles. C- can you name them now? So I couldn't name them now. <laughs> um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think it's good. We, we gave um, young ladies, uh, um, all the young ladies, a place to play. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's what people forget. So um, my program, Positive Direction, I know where we stand. Mm-hmm. So um, when I have young ladies that are... Um, 
capable of playing on that level out in Kentucky and Tennessee, and that's where we go. Mm -hmm. But when we don't, and you know, we've pl played then more within our local realm. Um, last year, we had a young lady that needed to play on that level, and we put her with another program. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that um, some of us that are doing this have the best interest of the young ladies. And I think outsiders from other cities and states realize that and then that's how they get in and they they see that weakness and they come in and they take the kids right. um and i think that that's something that we really have to work on i think there's enough of us that are directors right. um like ourselves sitting here where the directors need to take control um sometimes i think some of the directors and some of the other programs allow their coaches to take control mm -hmm. and i know um at my program if if i think that or i feel strongly about something then that's what we're going to do um you know and there is no talking to me about that. Right. There's certain things that I stand firm on. So I think that the directors, if the directors from all these 60 programs got together and sat in a room and said, okay, listen, this is how we're gonna handle things, um, I think that we would be able to build better relationships. I think we've also given a lot of control to the parents. Mm -hmm. um, years ago, parents didn't come on trips. Mm -hmm. You know, We were right there in front of St. Clair's in a white van. We all got in and we went to the Penn State tournament. Right. Um, that's run by Blue Chip. And now it's you, you have every parent on every trip with you and, and trying to micromanage. And I think that that's something that, again, directors have to take control of. Um, a, a player should not be able to leave a program in July and go play with someone else. Right. But we can only control that. Directors can only control that. Um, you know, it should be a year-to-year -year thing. If you signed up with Exodus, then you finish with Exodus. And that's how you would teach these kids how to stay at colleges, too, and stop transferring so right. much. And thinking that, you know, because I don't know about your job, but I know with my job, if I don't like the way something goes on Monday, you have to show back up on Tuesday yeah. or you don't have a job. Yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's how it works. <laughs> I think the hardest part with people and, and not letting outsiders come into New York is people in New York are afraid of the idea of the way things are in the city currently. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I mean, like for us, for an example, if, if, we feel, if I feel like we're the top team in the area right now mm -hmm. and we should have some of the top players that play for us, mm -hmm. a person might feel like instead of letting her play for Exodus, let me go let her play for another team outside of the area mm -hmm. where I feel like this person can help me in the long run versus letting her play for somebody back home that I know personally. Mm -hmm. Why they let that happen, I don't know. But I think it's happening way too often than it should be. Could we in New York City with these 60 programs that you probably can't name half of them anymore because so many one, so many programs popping up on a daily basis, could we avoid the trips that you guys make and have a big type of program here in New York City where all the college coaches came here? Absolutely. Uh, so why is this room not full of directors and AAU coaches where we could sit down and have this conversation? Is that part of the problem? The fear. The fear, the fear of the unknown. The fear of if I stay right here locally and we bring, we have 24 of the top programs in our northeast region that mm -hmm. stay right here mm -hmm. and we bring other people in our area to come and college coaches come, where do I stand locally between the other programs here? Am I still the alpha? Can I just go on the road and travel with my team? Mm -hmm. And whatever happens, be the unknown, and no one hears about it. So, has PD ever played Exodus? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Has PD 
ever play all the programs here in in, in the New York area? area? Um, not all, not probably the, not. I, I mean, the big the big program. The big program. Oh yeah, we played Sparks, we played Exodus, and and I think if you are a true program director and a true coach, you know where your team stands. So, so for me to for me to take my projected team that I'm going to have this year that's going to be 16U right. and say that I'm on the same level as Exodus this year is a lie. So, but you're looking in yourself. Do you right. think that most program directors and high school coaches Absolutely do not. So because it, otherwise he'd have the best players this year. He'd have all the girls from every high school team playing with Exodus because, because you know that Exodus right now is the top team in the city. Right. So my freshman is going to play with Exodus. Right. This freshman's going to play with Exodus. That freshman's going to play with Exodus. But then you still have somebody over on the other side of town or somewhere with, oh, no, no, no. My kid's not going to play with Exodus. But why? But that's a false sense of reality for that. Correct. Because they're not doing what's best for the kid then. Correct. So this is the biggest team that we have. So obviously we're a Nike team. Right. Right. Nike is the top league right now for girls basketball. Mm -hmm. Right. It's big. It's powerful. The platform itself is strong. Right. There were other Nike teams in New York that changed. Mm -hmm. We're literally the only team in our area, right? If I had the best players, or if I, I'm not going to say the best players, if I had additional pieces every year that might have played on other teams for the last two years, I feel like we stand a chance to go the distance to win the whole thing. But why is New York not supporting you? Because it's like this, it's like the crabs in a barrel mentality. If I support them mm -hmm. and they win, what credit do I get? I had a program director tell me, what can we do about the name and who's gonna coach? I said, well, right now we have the leverage so that the kid come play with us. Mm -hmm. This is what she's gonna gain out of it. But then, well, then that'll make our program look weak if we did that. I said, right now, do you feel like you look strong? Right. Well, it's not about that. We have this player. People are going to come see her. Right. Therefore, they're going to come see other kids. Well, that kid that everybody came to see, there was not one other kid on the team that was getting recruited by the same school she'd be recruited by. So they're not losing anything. They're not losing anything. The kid loses something. Right. The kid herself, but the program's not losing anything. The program loses nothing. The kid loses accountability, structure, understanding how to play hard at all times, understanding that it's not just all about you, it's about the other people that's around you. So now when that kid goes to college, she's going to suffer in the long run. Right. But... They should support if he if he's the number one guy or he's the number one program. Well, that's my opinion because you right, know right, right, right. there I'm, are people out there that'll yeah, say it's going to shot. It's going to shot. <laughs> that's not going to go over well. I'm but. Say, if some consider his program to be the number one, mm -hmm. all right, it would be in New York's best interest to put its strength and power and marketing or whatever right. behind it and push it to where the New York City can be deemed a hotbed of basketball time. Because my thing is, it's a situation where by me saying his program is number one doesn't mean that my program isn't also the best program in right. the city in right. other ways. Right. So you have to see, like, what is everybody's program here for? Like, his program is a platform for these girls to play on to get to the next level. Right. You know, yes, they do other things. You know, you come to Positive Direction, and Positive Direction is for that kid that could probably never even be on Exodus's team. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's where we start from. So it doesn't make one program better than the other. It's just what is, what is the need of your child? And as a parent, you have to be real with yourself. So if your kid is a Division II kid, a low Division I kid, then you may want them to play with Positive Direction. Right. Because Exodus is going to go to those big tournaments where I just had a conversation with a parent the other day 
do your research. The colleges that are those low division one colleges, they don't have those budgets to travel right. to all those tournaments. Maybe they can go to one or two, but they're expensive just for the colleges too. Okay. So if your kid is trying to get recruited by you know, uh, um, a low D1 school or a Division two school, you're better off going to another event where those coaches can drive. They don't have to spend the money. They don't, you know, the book is a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So your best interest is not to play with Exodus. It may be to play with Positive Direction. It sounds like you are one of the few um, program directors and high school coaches that understand this standpoint, that just like in baseball, there's major leagues, there's triple A, there's double A, and there's single A. And not that your program is on on on, on, on different level, every program on a different level, but they all try to feed the major league team. Right. So whether you know you try to work on certain things at a single A level right. to get you ready for the double A level, level and you work your way up. It sounds like everyone thinks at their major league level. Everybody don't think that. Every, every, it's beyond think. Everybody really in their heart <laughs> feels like they're at the major leagues. So it sounds like the adults are the problem. Well, let's we'll trickle down theory. That's 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 beyond the, the it, adults and the parents together is a bomb waiting to explode every day. And just to kind of um, talk a little bit more about how that works, um, I think that when you said you know the minor league is trying to feed, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the minor league coaches don't really know the process, so they can't think any other way because they're not they're not putting in the work either to find out how college coaches work and what tournaments they're going to be at and who's going to be at those tournaments. They just hear, just like the kids do on social media, that they're going to Kentucky and Tennessee. So that's where I got to bring my team. I got to bring my team to Kentucky and Tennessee. And, you know, you try to have that conversation. I'm I'm not saying I, I went to Chicago and Tennessee and Kentucky and all these places with teams that belong there. Um, the young lady that's at Minnesota now, Jasmine Brunson, that's where she got her, the majority of her scholarship offers mm-hmm. from. But that was the last team, and she's a junior now, that I took to those tournaments. For the last three years, I knew what I was working with, and I knew what my goals were. So I think you just have to be honest with your kids that you coach and their parents. Um, some parents don't want to hear that, but you're really doing them a disservice because you're wasting their money. There is not, that's not going to happen for them out there if they're not that kind of kid. Is there a pride issue that kicks in, you think, with people at that point? Absolutely. There's a big pride issue. There's a big, there is a big, um, that is the biggest issue, is that people feel that if they have the conversation like I just had, like, I am not worried that after this podcast, like, people are going to want to come to Positive Direction because I'm not as good as Exodus. If that's what you got out of the podcast, then so be it. So be it. You know, but that's not, I think people have to be secure enough in themselves and the work that I know I put a lot of work in with my program and the high school. Like, even when, even as far as the high school level is concerned, you know, I'll be the first one to say it. I mean, I know we're not calling names, names, but there's a very good high school women's program out there. And when I took the job at Mary Lewis, that's who I modeled myself after because you want to model yourself after winners. And if you don't do that, you're not going to win. And you know what? I won a championship. Right. So you have to humble yourself and say, okay, let me not think I can do this myself and let me look around and take notes. And I don't think enough people take notes. Do people in New York City, do the teams in New York City that can play each other, like what they just did, they just played a team the other day that they didn't have to play? No, no, no reason. Right? Right. Is everyone doing it? No. Is team so, so that's my question. You have a top team, I have a top team. So, so that's my question. Why Why are we not, 
why are we running from competition? Why are the coaches running? The coaches, from? yes. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand how, as a coach, you can feel like you have a top program if you don't want to play against what's considered the best for whatever reason, whether it be at their gym, your gym, neutral. Right, right. Or teach your kids what the best is. So I know, you know, obviously this year I'm down. It's not a, not a, You're not a development year. <laughs> development year. Um, but you still want to play the same. Like my schedule did not change from last year when I had Jordan Nixon or the year before when I had Daniel Patterson. Right. I kept the same schedule. I went to the same places. I wanted to play the same caliber teams. Because if not, then you're not going to build back up. So my kids that are in the school now or that are thinking about coming into the school, they don't want to play cupcake teams. I mean. So you're saying if, you're, if your players think that they're really nice, mm-hmm. let me show you what really nice is. Correct. All right, and this, now you, got, you just got thumped. All right. So this <laughs> is what nice is. Right. Well, well, people, will play, people, will play a, people will play a national schedule. Right. And play nationally ranked teams. I give them that. But won't play the best team in their backyard or was was considered the other best team in their backyard in New York to get the same national presence is, is weird. So they'll go play a team somewhere else. Right, right. That has national substance and bring that tournament, that area, whatever, some sort of success. Right. But won't do that here in New York. So that, so I'm going to put this out there now. In four years, we should have a program, uh, uh, a tournament here in New York City that attracts great high school programs, and then great AAU programs. Is that a, yeah, is that, should, a, is that a pipe dream? That, we should have that every year. That's, yeah, a, that's a dream that, that should be like... That should be a standard. <laughs> that's something that I try to put out every year. Every year since I've been running Exodus, I've reached out to directors of other programs and said, listen, let's put together this event and let's all do it together. And we'll get, every, we'll get the college coaches to come here on a date outside of the dates that I'm obligated to play. And what what stopped the money? Every year I get... My parents don't want to do it. My board don't want to do it. Uh, we promised them we're going to go on this trip. We promised them we're going to take them to this other place. It's never money. It's, you don't spend no money. No, the money as far as the director splitting the money, the breakdown. But that's the easiest thing. I say, hey, yeah, that's you the should spread it out throughout the people who are there. They'll rather go somewhere else, spend money, lose money, than stay here and build something right here for our kids in our backyard. It's, it's even to the point where every year I have a fall and a spring tournament here for young kids. Mm-hmm. I can never field enough young girls' teams. Why? Because they're away at different tournaments? No, just because people don't want to support each other. Yes, yeah, the hardest part. They're not going to come. And, oh. and it's, no, it's, no, it's not like where, where I play my high school games where there's no parking, so to speak, I've heard. But we have a parking lot here. We, we have places to sit. I mean, I just, to me, it's, it's amazing because I can, I can do boys tournament twice a year. We get plenty of boys teams and they come in, but no, we're not going to go play in her tournament because she may take one of our kids or they may. Well, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Right? You don't want to play too much. Yeah. So what do you practice and play in the dark? What do, like, I, no, they play somewhere else. They just play, they go somewhere else. So instead of coming here and playing in a tournament, they'll go somewhere else. So, like, I run a fall league and a spring league for boys' teams to come in, and all the boys' teams come in. Like, we get teams from all over. Mm-hmm. But when you go put out the paperwork for the girls' teams, I'll get Dom from Exodus who will hit me and say, we in. And then yeah. those 60 other teams you're talking about, I don't, we don't Can't find them. Can't find them. Uh, you know what I get? I get the, this is the biggest thing that I've found that we get now. 
Oh man, I wish you would have told me earlier. I'm committed. You committed this. My early? schedule is committed. So if I give you like we, that's 2000, but but you're just 19. So we do. <laughs> might have to do it two years <laughs> out. I say 2021. Might might it might on say, March 3rd, 2021. <laughs> it might say I'm committed, but I got to talk to my yeah, to my board. Yeah. And we got to check the budget. We got to make sure it's free. <laughs> I'm knocking everything out the way. I tried that. What? I tried tried the look. It's free for all of your teams. Nobody pay anything. It's free. It's free for your parents to get in. We just got to get the college coaches to come up here. Oh, man, we would have, but we already committed to something. So New York is not supporting New York? Never. Okay, so why 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 are you the only one of the few females on that level, on this level, in New York City basketball? I don't know. And and I've tried to get other females involved. I think it's tough sometimes. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, probably when I first started out, and I'm old, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been doing it 28 years. So when I first started, it was more difficult than it is now. Right. Now it's more or less like, okay, I'm here, and they know I'm not going anywhere. But I just, it's 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 either one of two things. The young ladies are that good that, you know, then they go on to get college positions, which is great. Right. But there's a lot of young ladies that are trying to find their way. And I've spoken to several young ladies who say they try, they're trying to get into the coaching thing. Um, but it's hard because it is. It's a man's world. You walk into the CHSA meeting and the majority of them are men sitting there. But you have to hold your ground. You know, I'm a firm believer, like, there are ways of doing it and you have to do it professionally but you have to hold your ground so there's nobody and that's why I said there's nobody's going to tell me that positive direction doesn't belong in the right. mix um, but it, you know again it's, it's every day where you know there's somebody coming along who's well why why is she doing this and I'm definitely not one of those people that you know is women 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 mm. I do believe in women empowerment but I think that there's got to be a happy medium because obviously from my high school bench, I have all males as assistants right, 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 right. and they do a great job. So you do need the balance. You do need men involved mm-hmm. in the women's sports. But I do think that you need more women involved because they just need role models. Right. So if I flew in from Mars and I landed in New York, you would probably be at this point right now the highest, most notable female person in AU high school basketball in New York City. You agree with that? Mm-hmm. It's hard for you to say it, but yeah. yeah. Would you agree right with that? Right now where we're standing, yeah, of course. Right where we're standing right yeah, now. Of course. When you, why do you think there's a lack of female um, participation on the women's level? Girls' level on this, high, on this level? That's interesting. I don't know. I try to get the players to come back all the time and be involved in some sort of capacity. Mm-hmm. I reach out to them and talk to them about mm-hmm. branding and being a part <laughs> of it and how much they can do. Um, that's something I'm still trying to figure out every day. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't have that answer. Yeah, that's a tough one. I spoke to a few a few young ladies um, that are like in their 30s now, I guess, that when I first started coaching, they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just feel like it's a rough road. You know, um, will they ever get that head coaching position? Like some of them are assistants at high schools mm-hmm. or AAU programs and where it's male dominant. And I tell them like, you just have to, you know, some of them are also unrealistic themselves. They think they're just going to walk in and because they're there and they scored and they were this all-around player when they played that they're just going to automatically get that respect. That's what so. we did by that culture we created 10 years ago for them thinking that the yes. environment and microwave yes. society. So some, of, some of that is part of it and I do try to speak to them and tell them like, 
there is there is a place for you, but you have to also earn that place. Right. So I think some of it too is the emotional side. You know, females are a little bit more emotional, mm -hmm. um, and I think that once they get over that and understand, like, hey, listen, I can be this top coach, then anything's possible. But some of them, I think, want to bypass that. The work. The work part. Yeah. So that's that's where we're at. Um, but I've tried to have several conversations. So I think it's important. I think me having daughters now, by the time they get to that age, mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be, you know, older and mm -hmm. I just want to be a mom so I would like for that generation to take over mm -hmm. and do what I did for the young ladies that I coached that's dope so even even with the whole college thing like going to college games you try to get um, the young ladies to understand that you have to support what you're doing mm -hmm. so um, we we choose to take them to all kinds of college games we went out to the Stony Brook game the other day um, where we just know the assistant coach there to games where actually we have kids either alumni of um, Mary Lewis or alumni of PD that play in games but um, you'd be surprised how many young ladies don't go and support the college game or the WNBA games and that's really where it starts so if we want women's athletics to build then we have to build it as mm -hmm. women mm -hmm. and as young ladies um, and I think sometimes even as far as the parents like they don't get that part it's just certain things. Um, I think social media has kind of taken over. Mm -hmm. So that's whatever they see on social media, true, they uh, think is yeah. is law. A, a kid could create a video of 30 seconds of them playing and you would think that player is something that she's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they make every shot when they do those. And, they look, and the kid look amazing. <laughs> and then you know what? I, I, I'll go see the kid play. <laughs> right. And I'm sitting there waiting for that 30 second yeah. clip to come on. Yeah. That never comes on. They're spliced together between 14 yeah. of the. Between a thousand, thousand games. games. <laughs> and, oh my God, you like this. Okay, she got right. it. And you, it never comes. Why is it natural for an AAU person and a high school coach not to have a communication line? I think I, think I, I, could, I speak to, in the New York area, three high school coaches, head coaches. She's one of them. <laughs> Because they feel the the and I don't and I I'll let her answer it. I'm gonna answer it from my end. I think it's like a fear of who's gonna be more important. So it's the adults' pride stepping in again. It's always the adults' pride. I think the fear of who's gonna be more important, who's gonna have a bigger voice. So I can call a high school coach and say, Hey, coach, you know, just wanted to let you know this is how she finished the summer. This is what I thought she needed to work on. These are things that she needed to pick up on. She's added this to her game. I don't know what you guys do, but but I was proud of her mm -hmm. in this sense. Are you guys okay with me stopping by your practice? Ah. Can I, are you guys gonna have open? Do you mind me coming to the gym? What's what schedules? What's your preseason like? They have a problem with that. Yeah, I'm not allowed to certain practices. I'm not gonna put them out there. But what's your preseason like? Because I want to kind of help her when you guys aren't doing things to make sure she's ready for the season. Because this is her overall plan and I might get the we do a good job at developing over here don't worry about it do you think that's a common um situation and, and if so why absolutely um I've had girls from all different AAU programs play at Mary Lewis um and I'm very thankful for all those programs um to the point where you know it's it's senior night or it's something special and I'll say to the young ladies make sure you, you know you invite your AAU coaches I think that everyone is important in the process. You know, my place to be important is at home. Mm -hmm. So my kids and my husband know that. I don't need to be important at work. 
Um, and I think that that's what people fail to realize. I, I don't think that it's like he said, everybody wants to get credit and I'm still trying to figure out what the credit is. Cause after 28 years, there's no big check that comes. No, no special <laughs> labor. I work here at this role. elementary school. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I don't get it. Like, um, it, it's, it's definitely something that takes place. Um, and, and I, I'm not too sure. I, I can't even answer it. Cause I, I don't know. Trophy, right, I don't they're know. Not, they're not, these are adult trophies. Yeah. What is the adult trophy though? The idea of the idea is <laughs> not this tangible. I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you an example, right? I told somebody this other day. I run Exodus NYC for a different reason. Mm -hmm. My cousin ran the program, mm -hmm. he passed away, I took it over, and I felt like it's important for me to keep this legacy rolling as long as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. If you could find one picture of me at a senior day, a sign-in day, anything, I'll pay you for each photo you find. Mm -hmm. I make sure I do not show up for a reason. Because I do not want it to be about me. I want to stay back in the process. Yeah, I'm kind of like that too, but I don't understand why you guys aren't communicating. Because <laughs> if, if I'm a high school coach, mm -hmm. I need people like you they to help me. They don't feel like that. Right. So no, why, I'm so telling you I... on camera, I need right. people like him. Right, but well, I, I need Barry like Walter that. Welsh. I need, <laughs> I right. need them all, and and this is this is what I don't understand from a high school standpoint. If you want to win, you need to. They, 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 they don't need, feel yes. like that. They feel like the they. You have high school coaches that speak of AAU as if it's the worst thing that happened. It it needs the power needs to go back to the high schools. I don't understand what that means. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that a little bit. So I'm one of those people at this point that does for a, a certain extent think that. Not the power, but I'm not against the way the NCAA kind of wants to move mm. things around. And I'll tell you why. Because we've grown from those five teams or six teams I've named before mm. to the 60 teams. So now you know what I deal with as a high school coach? Well, my kid is choosing between your school and this school and this school. You know, well, what's the best deal? Mm -hmm. Deal. Yeah, deal. Yeah, it's, it's, what you mean deal? deal. Like money wise? Yeah, deal. Yeah, money. Like what's the best deal? And can I be on your coaching staff? Because I'm looking to see if I can, you know, get into high school coaching. So it's like... I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> no, that's not him. You know, although I did offer, but he doesn't want to. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where it, it's those those smaller programs, those programs that are up and coming, um, and you see it, you know? And it, it's unfortunate because that's what gives that tainted AAU high school... Um, I was on both sides of it. For years, I was just the AAU coach. Right. And um, my girls could go where, wherever they wanted, high school-wise. I didn't care. Um, I had Jaleesa George, who played at Christ the King. Corinne Robinson played at Mary Lewis. So I had girls all over the place. Um, I had a bunch of girls that played at Francis Lewis High School. My thing was, like, him. Like, I don't need to be there. Like, yeah, I was in the stands for senior night, and you know, but... It's not about us. It's about them. And even as the high school coach on senior night, it's not about me. Right. It's about them. Um, it's about their parents. The fact that they finished out four years or however long they were there. And it's just to the point where now there are people that are coming on board or have come on board in the last few years. And, you know, their, their um, goals are different. So they will approach a high school coach and say, you know, or they'll tell a kid, no, don't go there. Or, and to me, it's like, I've always been a firm believer in kids choose their high school. 
I'm not going to go sit at a CYO game unless it's my daughters right. or my sons. I'm not going out there and I'm not going to sit down and say, you need to come to Mary Lewis because of this, 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 and this. No. If you can't figure out why you want to play for me and why you want to be at Mary Lewis, right. when, so that's so it. Because you know what? College is where those coaches are going to sit there and they're going to recruit you. Right. And it's going to be, that's when you want to do this. And that's what's going on too. Um, you know, sixth, seventh grade, you have high school coaches sitting down with parents and kids yeah. to do what? Like, and, and it's all, it's not just Catholic school. It's all levels. It's public. It's private. It's charter. It's happening across the board. So it's not just within my league. It's all over. Um, and and it, they're taking away from that younger that younger age. If I look at the sport, are they creating monsters? Yeah, it's, if I'm a six, not creating them. They're they're already they're they're here. Monsters, the monsters are alive and moving. So if I'm, if I'm a sixth grade and I see you or you in the stands looking at my game, you have a sixth grader that says, "I'm like I'm the shit." You have a sixth grader that says, "And I, I'm going to try to jump into this." You have a sixth grader. Let's say sixth, seventh, or eighth grade. Mm -hmm. We have we started these younger programs, these younger teams, mm -hmm. right? Because it got that much harder to get kids when they got to high school. You have a sixth grader that decides, I want to play up with the seventh graders because my daughter should play up and show that she can compete with those kids. The seventh grader that says to feel the same way, the eighth grader that feels the same way, right? But none of these kids can truly dominate their own age group, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they want to play up to get some sort of notoriety to say, I'm better than the next kid. Now, the kid themselves does not want to play up. So, huh? The kid don't want to play up. So the parent is forcing him the or her, parent, or in this case, her, to play up. The parent wants her to play up so that the parent can say to their friends, peers, or whoever, my child plays up, and this is what she does while playing up. So in essence, what I'm hearing, and I've heard, you know, we've done the podcast for some time, is the adults, adults, mm -hmm. adults, mm -hmm. and more adults are the problem. You have a kid, and I, and I asked this question. If I took Exodus and YC, all the players, and maybe I'll do it this spring, and put them all in the gym and said, play five on five, we only got three games, and you guys pick the teams, how many kids won't get picked on a team amongst their peers? Right. And how many parents will feel offended if their child did not get picked? Well, they all will be offended, the parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why? You're being voted amongst your, the coaches are not voting on the teams. If the kids are voted on the teams, you're being voted amongst your peers to say you're this level or this level as a player. I think you're a good player, so I want you to play. I don't really know you yet, so right. you're gonna go sit over there and you gotta earn your strength. Yeah, a lot of people will be pissed off. But you know what's happening when you do that? That's why these kids can't play on the court. That's why these parents are in the stands and there's no longer cheering. It's pass my child the ball, you're looking my child off. If your child is getting looked off on the court, if I call a play, if I say run blue, mm -hmm. and a play is whatever it is, if your child is looked off by her teammate, your teammate don't think that she's good enough. Mm -hmm. And that's her decision and right as a player of knowing her personnel saying, I don't think that she's going to help us hit the shot right now. So that parent then leaves your program. I'm just, we're just drawing up. Yeah, yeah, so right. that person leaves your program, mm -hmm. goes to another program. Who's promising her that her daughter is going to be able to be looked at as the one player that she idolized in the last program. So that's gonna water down, water down the whole, the whole uh, concept. And now you got the answer of why New York City is the way it is right now. That's why it's 99 teams in New York because there's, there's always so that one person that feel like that. And there's so many um, options. Like there's so many places and people not working together.
that's probably where they started from. Now you're not happy because your kid isn't playing. Right. Now you're going to go somewhere else. It's just, it's not, it's something that we're allowing, like I said. As, as the adults, the directors, we're allowing that to happen. Um, and I just think that at some point, we're going to have to get in a room and right. say, hey, listen, this has to stop. Do you stop. think that's possible? I think uh, it is. Uh -huh. I, think, I think it's possible to tell everybody, look, let's decide on what's, what the ramifications of things should be moving forward. I don't. I think that it's healthy when you're recruiting players. I know there's certain kids I'm going after, sparks different teams right. I'm going after, but when we get a player to come in our program, if she decides she wants to leave for whatever reason, with some programs I have that relationship where they'll call and say, hey, look, what this, this kid came and she, some don't. I mean, it is, to me, I don't, I don't really make me mad. It is what it is, a part of the game. I just think that the kid themselves don't really gain as much. So there's no order in, in this wild, wild west, right? There's a little bit. It's a little bit. There not is. as much. Yeah, it's a little there's bit. A little bit. Not, I, not there's, not, there's not enough, though. I don't think that the respect is there. I think that there needs to be some kind of respect amongst the programs um, just to so that there is some. And quite honestly, and I know this probably isn't going to go over well, but if the programs that are more dominant in the city sit down, even if those other programs don't want to come on, if we can just get about five or six people on board, those other programs don't stand a chance. Okay, and I'm gonna go out on the record. I reached out to those six, five or six programs, and again, due to scheduling conflicts or whatever the case might have been, they're not here. Hmm. I think that um, what needs to happen is that we need to have a round table, and I'm saying we, and I'm saying because I'm a New Yorker, first and foremost to establish us as that mecca, particularly from the, um, the uh, girls' basketball standpoint, mm -hmm. is we have the talent here. I, I, I've seen it. I mean, you guys see me. I'm in, in almost every gym. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm working, but I'm still in every gym doing X, Y, Z, and I see the talent. We just need to consolidate it. On the women's side, there is no major contract like the NBA. Right. So if you're not allowing your daughter to be in an environment that's gonna get them ready for life, then you're doing them a disservice as a parent. Agreed. I just, my, my daughters are young. I just sat down with both my daughters on the night it snowed and we watched the story about Immaculata College, mm -hmm. Mighty Max. Mm -hmm. my, my, my daughters need to understand like where did this start from? Mm -hmm. We don't need to be in a gym training. We need to understand the history. We need to understand like where are you gonna move on from here? Then I made them look up the, the, the ladies where they are now. One of them was a very successful college coach. Mm -hmm. Lafayette, you know, so they need to understand that. And there's not enough of that being done because everybody's getting caught up in the social media part. As far as what? As far as making New York City, New York City. We're going to make a bunch of phone calls. We're going to have a roundtable discussion. I, I think the biggest thing is, the, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is like getting, getting people, parents and kids are being lied to and it's okay. By whom? Other parents and adults? <laughs> I mean, you have people lying to kids about colleges offering them scholarships. You have people lying to kids about where they stand in their class as far as recruiting. It's, it's to the point now where when I hear it, if I address it, I'm the bad guy. Right. But you'll overhear a kid or overhear a parent or somebody saying something. But why, you, why are you the bad guy for telling the truth? Because nobody wants the truth. So It's so, easier for me right now if I truly wanted to dominate, like really break things up and really control the market. People are making it easy to do that because they want to be told certain things that I just refuse to do. 
So moving forward for moving forward for us to be New York City again, we mm -hmm. need to curb the behaviors of the adults. No, you need to allow kids to be kids and allow them to be treated amongst their peers and, and have it in a controlled environment. Like for New York City to be as safe as it is today. And nobody's at the park. And kids are not allowed to go outside by themselves. Right. And then where I grew up, you went outside, it was a battle zone. Right. And you knew that, but my mother said, going out the door, you have a fight today, you want to take care of business. Right. Your child will go outside today and they will never have an altercation ever, but they are not allowed to go outside. So these kids That's don't true. know how to be kids amongst other kids. It's a weird situation. If I take 10 kids and I sat them in this room, we walked out there and closed the door, if they didn't know each other, the room would be dead silence because they'd just be on the phone. Right. Right? So on the, on the basketball court, that part is worse. And then in New York City, you have adults with certain players that wrap their arm around that kid so tight they want to hold on because they want to be associated with that player. It's so bad even on trips. You go on you go on trips and you try to get the kids just to go out to dinner. Like when we high school or or positive direction, either one, when we go away on trips. Okay, this is what time we're gonna eat. Everybody's gonna meet five o'clock for dinner. And like I have to at this point, I have to tell parents, okay, the parents are gonna sit over there. Like parents don't even allow their daughters, or even sons, to sometimes get that unstructured free time with their teammates so it's it's hard because the parents are right there all the time and not that you would allow anybody i mean i know me personally allow anybody's child to act a certain way right. but let them be kids let them understand what it's like have kids fall to a room when you go on an aau trip mm -hmm. to make them understand that when they get to college and you're in a dorm you have to wait to take a shower mm -hmm. it's not like at home where you're the you know first one in the shower it's just nowadays, like, that's not being taught. It's not being allowed. It's, and again, it's because of the adults. It's because of the adults. We went from the toughest city, one of the toughest cities in the world to one of the nicest. Every kid is walking their dog with flowers in right. <laughs> So it's like, how do you get that back? I think that you have to limit, limit the amount of exposure mm -hmm. for a vast majority of people mm -hmm. and then say, we're gonna take these certain crops of kids and we're gonna rebuild our city. And then people have to stop knocking and hating on each other's yes. players and just start. Me, I support so many kids that don't play for excess. So I'm hearing competitiveness is gone. We're, gonna try, to, we're gonna try to instill that back. And from the player standpoint, yep. uh, parents slash adults are, uh, let's go parents. Parents are still an issue as far as demanding certain things from their kids and not having them um, be held accountable for their actions here on, on, on this level. And the biggest one is that the, those are, there are, those are the, the power break, brokers aren't necessarily sitting down enough to, to communicate what needs to build New York City back. Enough? They're not sitting down. Oh, oh. at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Not sitting down at all to discuss the ills that exist in the New York City basketball culture. There's kids that's not getting scholarships because people are not being held accountable to get the kids scholarships. And then who, who, who holds the AAU directors and also the high school coaches um, accountable for that action? It's, it's supposed to be each other, but that's, it's right. like, you don't tell on me, I tell on you. Everybody tell on everything. It's like, I'm under a microscope. So there's no communication. Me. So if I don't it's know. Communication, I, it's communication, but it's unwritten rules for certain people. Like, it's like this, right? It's like, it's a funny thing. You watch certain shows. I'm like a show buff. You watch Narcos. Narcos is like my show. Mm -hmm. 
you watch Narcos, all the other cartels, they were trying to take out Pablo Escobar. Right. And he and knew it. Went, he knew it. Right. Once he got taken out, what happened to them? Same and you thing. next. Same and thing. you Same next. Thing. So right. it's like in, in New York City, instead of saying, okay, we're going to build a hierarchy and we're going to start from the top down and just support to build the whole thing. Yeah. No, it's not like that. He's at the top. We're going to kill him. And then we're going to rise up and then someone is like that. Like yeah. years yeah, I got ago, it. Like when his cousin, when, when, when Apache was alive, like Apache came on and when Apache came on, he came on very strong. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, I, and I told Thomas the story. Like he came on very strong and me and him didn't speak for a little bit because of the way he had his ways. But you know what? At the end of the day, again, that's why I say you always have to be professional in what you do. Like I'm not going to sit there and talk about Apache. I'm going to sit down with Apache. And that's exactly what I did. I called him on the phone and I said, listen, dude, we're not going to have this. Like, we're not going to have you trying to come at my players. These are kids that have been with me for a long time. And I remember that night like it was yesterday. And he didn't speak to me for a little bit because he was young when he got in it. And then a year later, he tapped me on the shoulder. We were at Fordham University. And he's like, I need to speak to you. And we spoke, and ever since then we were we were the best of friends. Like we had a mutual respect for each other. We weren't gonna. And then the same thing when Thomas, like, same mutual exactly respect. Exactly. That, that the same conversation same we had. Thing. But you know what? Why am I gonna go around talking bad about him? Well, Thomas doing this. Thomas doing that. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Thomas is right here. And if you had a conversation with him to let him know what your goals are, maybe y'all could come to some kind of an agreement. But that would require somebody sitting down with you face to face and having a conversation. Correct. Instead, oh, 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 instead no, of running around town. It's uncomfortable for people. Right. Why? I don't, she came up to me and said, in the gym, I remember like this, <laughs> my first year in this, I'm going to blaze it. I'm going to, who's that? I'm going to get that. I'm going to get every kid my first year. That's my goal. He was, was like this. cowboy. I want to talk to you outside. Like, I'm going to talk to you. Let's go outside and have a conversation. Listen. And then there was a conversation that you built from there. So that's what's going to bring us back. Communication. Yeah. It's hard. It's and she could bring us back. Well, start the road to bring it back. Start the road to it's, a, it's something that definitely, but not everybody's going to be as responsible as he was. You know what I'm saying? Like, the bottom line is, you know, he was easy to talk to. There's other people that, you know, they don't understand anything, but, you know. It's like, why? Again, <laughs> okay, I, I keep asking I why. That's, that's the, that's, I'm going to keep asking why. Because, because if, we are, if we're here to help these young ladies, in this case, young ladies mm -hmm. get to the next level, mm -hmm. whatever the next level is, shouldn't we as the adults support them in any way, shape, or form? Whether it's goal, we should. If that's our ultimate goal. We should. But you got you to gotta ask yourself this question. How many people can really look outside of themselves and say, this is what we're doing for these players, for these families? Or say... We're trying to do this to give our program substance. I have so much content, video that I don't put out because I don't want to be seen. I don't want people to take it the wrong way right. and say, You're pushing well, he's, it. Right. he's just trying to brag so much. Right. But it's really just me supporting the players in our program, right? Right. Because I don't want other people to feel bad about what they are or are not doing, right? Okay. I, think, I think the biggest thing for us as an, an entire city is to say, like she said earlier, I have a player that. This is what she needs. This is to help her, right? Mm -hmm. Let me put her in this position. And she's going to manage it. Now, if the team she put the kid on would have screwed it up, mm -hmm. she's right there to say, look, I gave you this right. chance. Uh -huh. She's going to hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. You don't have that. You can. I'll call a, a director and say, look, I know what you got over there. Let this kid come play on this team. We're going to blow her. We're going to help her do this, this, and this. It's a more competitive environment for her. It's going to help her, the city, and your... Now, we're, good. We, we're working on some things. We're putting something together. We're going to get there soon. I'm like, that's fine. Got it. 
So this is a plea out to those that really want to help New York City basketball from the um, young lady perspective, is, and also the male perspective, is let's communicate. Let's have a sit down with everyone. Let's have a round table, if we can, um, only just to, because this is New York City and we're the mm -hmm. Mecca, and we really have to put ourselves back in, the, in that light because there are a lot of people that are looking at us as the trendsetter, mm -hmm. um, but right now they're looking at us as... A joke, because they're easily, they can come in and, and do what they want to do from other places. And I, and I think that we really need to clean that up. Um, and I know that the directors of the other programs are just as, I'm sure, um, concerned at times. No. No? No. And, and, I'm, and I'm calling them out. Um, if they really care about this, as opposed to just being a money grab or a situation mm -hmm. where they're just trying to get their clout up, they would be not necessarily here, they would be in a room where everyone's sitting down with 14 high school coaches over here that have influence, and there's 14 AAU programs over here, and it's, all, everyone's having a conversation about how to Absolutely. solve this. Thing. I ask you a realistic question. Why do you feel like people realistically don't want to be in a situation where they have to answer uncomfortable questions? Why do you think? I have my reason why, but I'm asking you why do you think? Because I'm comfortable, and I don't want to be put in a position where I'm going to be exposed, and, and my uncomfortable level will be raised, right? Raised. And I think for a lot of them, it's like this: if we're in a situation like this, and we're talking, and we're we're being held accountable for things, people are waiting for numbers and stats to come up. You don't you don't have to do that. But I think the hardest part is: are you gonna know what I'm doing is not is really bullshit? Mm -hmm. Are you gonna see it? So let me hide from the fact and kind of just keep weaseling my way through. Um, even with the younger teams, you know, um, where I tell coaches, like, that's where you have to build from. Mm -hmm. So you have to teach the game. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these other programs don't want to teach the game. They just want to say, come on, we're having sixth grade tryouts. <clears throat> and they're not going to take my sixth grader who can't play. They're only going to take that sixth grader that can play. Um, so I think all of it is also holding certain people that say that they are coaches or program directors accountable to how much knowledge do you really have about teaching the game? Because you have to, you know, at some point it's not about X's and O's and do you know what a press is, but can you teach someone who can barely dribble a basketball to understand what it's about and how to get to where they need to be? Like, we are held to a different standard because we are New York. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Because I think the people here don't understand the legacy of this game from this area. So they don't even know. They That's true. They haven't done their own homework That's on true. who came before That's what the players. Said earlier. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Saying the players, the parents, they, they just don't know. You mentioned certain people's names. And like I said, from that era, and I'm going to name names, but from that era of the Shannon Bobbins, the Renee Taylors, right. Jasmine Lawrence's, the, right. those girls, Jen Brown, who's now a college coach, like that era, those girls were so strong back then in New York City. I mean, just incredibly strong. They played for Exodus. They played for me. They played for Liberty mm -hmm. Bells. They incredibly a strong group. And the generation of today, they don't know who these girls are. Yeah, I know. They don't like, know who these girls like are. Tiffany happened. Prince. They don't yeah, know. I, know. I was telling a story the other day where um, we positive direction won the West Wolf Championship against Epiphany Prince. We played them in the semifinals. It was Epiphany Prince, Kia Vaughn, girls that are in the WNBA right now. And little old positive direction beat them in the West Fourth semifinal game. And kids are looking at me like, who? Until I said, Pivotal Prince Kia Vaughn, because they're WNBA players. But other than that, they didn't know who these other girls were. I agree with that. And off of that team, that was my first team coming out of positive direction, we had six Division I players. I think the promotion sucks. 
And I think I'll tell you one school, not to knock, Chrysler King does a good job of promoting their players. And, and luckily, they've been in a situation where they had Sue, they had um, uh, um, uh, Tina, um, their Shamika was probably. Karim Gay, you name them. it. <laughs> They had nice. yeah, well, she was nice. <laughs> um, they had a legacy. When you walk into their building, you see the Wall of yes. Fame right there, both boys and, and, and girls. I think that we need to do a better job promoting our kids, both, both male and female. You know what that takes, though? What? Other than work? That takes, that takes people in the city actually supporting each other. Because let's say you put something out there to promote the kids, right? And I get a phone call from somebody and say, how good is this? Right, right, right. Now I'm stuck at a point. I can either no, you gotta keep it a hundred promoter or no, you gotta and, keep it a hundred. And people are killing yeah. the New York, like the New York kids. If a New York kid have one bad game, she's on the ropes. She's yeah, done. yeah. And it's not only that, but too, again, we have to make sure that we have control of that from a director's standpoint, trainers, uh, coaches, because I've heard stories where parents or Coaches are calling people that put out those rankings lists. So why isn't my kid? Why is my kid number two? Why, why does it matter? Yeah, the how ranking, about, we, the just, how about we just work on? But it's, it'll become the same thing promoting because now if we choose to promote a certain kid, that's well, why true. isn't my kid being promoted? Because that's what we decided. Right, right. And that's the issue again, going back to the adult thing. Allow your kid to earn whatever they're earning. You guys cannot promote. No. On that in that level. Uh, and, and a neutral entity such as you're myself. Stuck. You're stuck if you do that. You, yeah, you, you, me or you? If I promote a yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't. I can't. It's not necessarily I. A mm. neutral organization can come in and say, this is the next one. Let's, this is the next Super, whoever it may be. Or we can all be adults here, and we could no, all, as program directors, decide, and high school coaches, who those players are that need to be promoted. Because the bottom line is there's not enough of that on the women's side. I just did that with the high school. Do they have an all-team, like a first-team so, Catholic league? So this year, you know, because I had to go into the meeting talking about Title IX, we started a CHSA all-league. This is the very first year. The boys have been doing it for years. This is the first year the girls are going to have one. Really? Just 2019? This is it. 2019. That's kind of whack. But... Again, it takes and, and but why? It wasn't the league. Wasn't the league. As you guys said, it's us because now, well, who's gonna have three girls on the list? Who's gonna have one girl on the list? Who's gonna have you have about, no about, idea. You got three, you got three because they But the bottom line right. is if you're the if you're the top team, then you deserve three or four spots. Myself who came in third place fighting for third, I should only get one spot. Right. Maybe not even not none, even. depending on where you are in the mix, but we did the right thing. Everybody got, anybody third place down got one pick. But that's the issue. Like, we're trying to make everybody happy. Pick, what happens if somebody pick a kid on their team just to have somebody on their team on there? Right. And you're like, you know, she's not that good. Like, like that's the I, whole, I, I, I give right. my spot to you because that's three. And that should be, that discussion should be okay. If we can get those discussions, those, well, you had this kid, but we had this kid. Okay. Like, there's, there's certain players that, as a coach, if you sit there and you say that the, I'm sorry, like I, we played last night. Celeste Taylor is one of the best players around, like country. It, she's good. She's very good. The kid Matt from Christ the King, she's very good. As a coach, as an AU coach, a, a, a high school coach, you can't turn around and say that those kids don't deserve to get certain things that they get. 
Because yeah. if, if that's the case, if that's what you're sitting there saying, what you don't belong. What do you, if you, and we said this all the time. If you say that those kids aren't good, then what are you saying about New York? Right. Because if those kids aren't good, then... So if, as, if, as a, as, if collectively, as organizations, we couldn't sit down this upcoming year and say, just off the top of your head, okay, who are the kids we're going to promote and that is not one of those kids, then you don't belong sitting at the table. If you're trying to fight for your kid <laughs> instead of a, a, a kid like of that caliber, then you don't belong at the table. And that's the issue. There are certain program directors and coaches that don't belong at the table because you're not looking they're, at the Because they're trying to build their brand right. over the brand. Correct. And the brand is New York City. New York City. And they don't, it's hard for people to really swallow that pill. Right. Versus if you talk to a kid and say, you know, where are you going with your team this spring, summer, and they'll tell you, and the coaches say they're at this bracket, how much are you really going to service that kid versus if you just say, you know what, I helped you get here. Right. We got you to this point. Now go get the rest of what you need, and I'm going to take these three, and we're going to help them get to that point. So now I have time to focus on them instead of medicating you. Got it. Well, I want to take this opportunity to thank you guys for stopping by. Appreciate it. Um, this is something rare. We have an AAU director. You serve both purposes. You actually have three purposes. <laughs> <laughs> You're a young lady, um, uh, program director, and a high school coach. So I want to thank you, all, all three of you, for coming by. <laughs> thank you. Coming by and, and to I the Mecca podcast. It. And hopefully uh, some of you guys will heed the words and hopefully come down and have a roundtable discussion of how we can solve New York City basketball um, on a young lady's side. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate Thank it. you. Thank you. We out of here.